Hold on, my sister. If the Bible that you have with you, I'm not talking about the screen. It's your own. Underline that verse. Yeah, you have 18. Yes, sir. Underline that verse 18. If your Bible is with you, you are not going it. Continue. Continue. Okay, instead, he led them in a roundabout way to the desert toward the Red Sea. The Israelites were harmed for battle. Continue. Then Exodus 14.
and the Israelites saw them lying dead on the seashore. When the Israelites saw the great power with which the Lord had defeated the Egyptians, they stood in awe of the Lord, and they had faith in the Lord and and his servant Moses. Praise the Lord. If your Bible if the Bible you are holding is yours, like I said earlier, that verse thirty one, please underline it. Amen. You are going to open your mouth and say, Father, whenever I get to the edge of the Red Sea, give me the grace to hold on to you. Whenever I get to the edge of the Red Sea, because we are going to get there, give me the grace to hold on to you. Shall we pray? Father, in the mighty I cannot hear you praying, brethren. Stop looking around and open your mouth to pray. Whenever I get to the edge of the Red Sea, my Father, my God, give me the grace to hold on to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whenever I had any cabinet, get to the edge of the Red Sea. Father, give me the grace to hold on to you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Give me the grace to hold on to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are praying. You are going to every Red Sea before me. Every Red Sea before me. I speak to you today. Father, shall we pray? In the name of Jesus. You are making a command. You are doing what a command. Your mouth now represents the world that won't be held. Because God said, what do you do? Let all that work. And you need to destroy the rest of And what happens? The rest of the world. Now the world is born. If the world is born, you are going to speak to you.
At the end of the Red Sea, be with us in the name of Jesus. May I not be hard, but may you be hard, O Lord. Father, I will ask you to see for you. And I submit everything about me and everything in me to you. That Father, speak through me, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. May I decrease and will constantly increase in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we are praying. Shall we be seated? Shall we be seated? Amen. Good morning, brethren. Good morning, ma'am. Today we are beginning a series titled The Red Sea. I don't know how long it is going to take us, but as long as the Lord lives and the sin allows us, we are going to continue to treat it. Amen. Amen. When we are talking about the Red Sea, throughout, I think for some time, I, I, in the night, I was searching to see if I would actually be able to see what the Red Sea looks like now. If I can actually get a picture, that was why I told my sister again to help me to shout for it. If I can actually get a picture of what the Red Sea looks like now. Did you find anything? Amen. Amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. When we are saying the Red Sea, we know the story very, very well. The children of Israel, they were in the land of Egypt for 430 years. And one night, the Lord brought them out of the land of Egypt. We know the story. Can we? I need a Bible, a fast Bible reader now. Start Exodus chapter uh, 13, verse 18, that I told us to underline. Or 17b. When they got out of Egypt, the Bible said the Lord did not take them. No, I said 13, chapter 13, ma'am. The fourth one that we read. When they got out of Egypt, the Lord did not take them on the shortest route to where they are going. That is the promised land. Chapter 13, verse 17. See what the Lord said. And I want you to pay very close attention. That God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, or what that was near. For God said, Let for adventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. So He led them along the path where they are going to come across the Red Sea. These are people that have not had an enjoyable life. Not that it was very, very bad for them. At least, I mean, they multiplied. They grew from 60, from 600 to millions. No, no. They grew from 70, I'm sorry. They grew from 70 to 600,000 men. So if you have 600,000 men, on the minimum, we are going to have times two of that for women and children, right? If you have 600,000 men, for them to be called men, that means that they are moved from baby boy to adulthood. They are no longer boys. So that means that at least they can or are capable of having wives. So for each of the 600,000 men, let us assume they all have a wife. And for each of them, they have at least one child. 
So six hundred. Times another six hundred. Oh, six hundred men plus two hundred women. That is one thousand two, right? Plus another six hundred thousand children. Now imagine that vast number living in the land of Egypt. That number that they grew to from seventy to six hundred thousand. They had suffered along the way. Some of them, like especially the men that were old enough, they were out there working for Pharaoh, and the women back home, not enjoying their husband full time. Because they always have to go to work in the morning and come back at night, tired. In other words, it's not, it is not as if their life has been so rosy, rosy. But now they are out of that place. They are going to a place that God has designated for them. And God said, He did not let them go through the land of prison. Because our that was near to where they were going. But it is a certain Towards the Red Sea. When you leave a place, when you give your life to Christ, it does not mean that the moment you give your life, everything is going to be what was supposed There are going to be things on the way, situations on the way, that you will feel like going back to Egypt. God said, if they go along with all the three things, when they see war, they may return. But then, I'm going to make them see not war, but something that is, I will not say better than war, but something that now is not going to be their power that will see them through anymore. I'm going to teach them to do what to rely on me. This is his war. Okay? There are survivors and there are losers in war. If they go through war, not all of them will die. Some will live, some will not live. Some will live because they are powerful and they are able to, you know, judge the enemy's bullets and guns or whatever. But in this case, the Red Sea is not a question of I know how to swim or I'm the best. It's either Pharaoh or the Red Sea. So pick one. God took them through that route to do what to teach them a lesson. I don't know the Red Sea that is in front of you right now. And you are not seeing it as a red sea, but you are seeing it as a war. Why you see it as a war? Ah, you know what? Ha ha ha! Hey! Shatrabat! How so much are they ready to bat it on a hole? Ah, don't worry. Nobody will solve the problem. Maybe you are you are already identified as a war. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go on dry fasting, 21 days, no water. I don't I know that testimony. That is war. You already identify it as a war. And you already know the weapon. The Bible says that some of these cannot go except by what? Fasting and prayer. So you have chosen, you think that God telling you to go and fast. So you are already fasting. Expecting that victory is going to come as a result of the fast. That is war. For this one, whether they fast or whether they do that with you, the rest is doing that and is not moving. Let them fast and do Daniel fast. Let them do yellow fasting, let them do purple fasting, let them do whatever, the rest is there. Now, what is what going to happen? They have to completely depend upon God, so that without Red Sea can pass. When you are the Red Sea, brethren, it means that you are not all your eggs are in one basket. You, you, your body cannot do anything. Because the rest is not going to suddenly become dry ground. 
You don't even know what to do. That's what total dependence on God. That's what God is trying to teach them. For you are going to fight. You are strong men. For this one, if you say, I'm, I'm not going to move. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I mean, come. Shoot them and back. If you say, okay, let's see, bye bye. And they say, Pharaoh, what's going to happen? He will kill them. Okay, let us, let us send you the rest of How many of us are going to survive? They seem to have a few days. Because they seem to have a lot of bodies to eat. When at the edge of your own recipe, are you attentive enough or patient enough to hear what God is telling you and to listen and to see what He wants you to see? Amen. Amen. Miracles have been happening in the life of the children of Israel before this time. They have seen the plague. Some of them they partook of, some they did not, majority of them they did not partake of. And the most deadly one was the death of the firstborn. None of their first children died. So at the end of the rest, should they not have confidence in God that is going to see them through? Brethren, I don't know what their own Red Sea might be. As I sat down, the Lord was telling me some things about the Red Sea. Your own Red Sea might be you stop at the edge of a decision. And you think that you know it all. Are you today in that frame of mind of the children of Israel that is ready? You know what? What I did not even give my life to Christ for Buruto you. It was not as difficult as this. Ah, please, please, eh, eh, I beg. No, this one is too much for me. I cannot do it anymore. Ah, why now? Am I the only one? Now me kill Jesus. Are you in that situation today? Or oh, your eyes are so blinded that you cannot even remember what they have done for you in the past. When you get to a situation whereby you are stuck between the devil and the deep blue sea, I'm going to speak to you. There's a proverb that says, The king has sent you on a message, right? And you are going to cross a river. This river that you are going to cross, you cannot swim. And you have to deliver the message. You cannot come back and say, King, I cannot go and deliver your message. And this river, you cannot cross because you cannot swim. So, what are you going to do? That is the situation of the Red Sea. But can that messenger remember that before today, God has been through there for him? Can you remember how he was able to save you through that situation last year and trust him now at the edge of your Red Sea? The Red Sea is humongous. It's, sorry, it's, sorry, it's humongous. It's big. Bring, bring the picture up again, man. Ma, bring the picture up again, if you can. The Red Sea is big, humongous. Probably they have never even seen that kind of sea before. Of course they would not have, because they did not, they not tell us that any of them ever left Egypt. So they, they have not seen this kind of vast water before. They don't know what to do. The problem now, you have never experienced it before. Nobody in the world has ever gone through it before. He defies us human solution. I know of a person, a very dear sister, close person to me. Her first child 
came to this country when they were one plus. And they had a lot of issues. They could not even pinpoint it as a problem. We all thought they had Down syndrome. Because his head was small, but his body was big. And he was always screaming. To the point that she was telling me later, maybe about two years ago, that I did not even notice, I did not notice that people in church, they did not even want to carry that child. Because of what they saw, I mean. But I did not even notice, I was just playing with her all along. They, they, they could not even say this is what the problem with that child is. Also, finally, the Lord made us to know what the problem was, and some of it is in there now. And God did that to work upon the boy. Now the boy is better than what was diagnosed to be. During that time, what did, she, what did she do? She held on to the miracles of God in the past. She did not allow what she was looking at to make her turn her back on the Lord Jesus Christ. Your own mercy might be something that has ever happened before. I think that it's so that you can know that there are some things that happen to you that people may not have heard of before. That was the case of that boy. Because he was neither here nor there. He could not have been said to be there for job or sit down with job or HDHD or autism or whatever. But today, the Lord has performed his miracle. You might think that you know today that people are saying, ah, me, you were lady. I didn't tell you a lot of the brethren. There is nothing that is new under there. Your smile might be a combination of have your, his, and his come together for me. That is a new one, right? Yours might be just me and two of you, your problems from back together, making one for you. But what I'm going to say is that whatever we are going through, there is nothing new under the earth. Whatever your recipe is, remember that you are equipped with every resource to be able to confront it. Amen. Like this is just a brief introduction about the red sea. We are going to actually go in depth. Amen. And I'm going to give us nine characteristics of the state of mind of the children of Israel at that point in time. Amen. Amen. The eyes of the children of Israel, like I said, it was focused on their problems and not on how big their God is. This is a God that could that decided to kill the problem of the Egyptians without knocking on the door of their house. How did God know where the children of Israel lived? And how did he know where the Egyptians lived? Was there a census? Was there something? No. But God said, kill a goat or a sheep and put the blood. Did the angel come and say, okay, is there blood there? No. Did there blood there? The angel just went down and he went through the land. Even the cattle suffered the loss. They forgot how big their God is. When we are going through issues, brethren, like I told of earlier, we always forget what God has done for us in the past. And we focus our eyes on the bigness, sorry, on the size of the problem. Any problem that you have and you are looking at the size, remember that your God is bigger than that problem. Amen. First characteristic, number one. Whenever you are at the edge of the rest, you remember God knows what He is doing. He knows what He is doing. Jeremiah 29, 11, and Jeremiah 1, 5. You can pull it up if you want. 
Do you think that God did not know what he was doing? So then they might think that, uh, how can God do this to us? He should have been able to know that we are young. So the Bible says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, say I the Lord, the thoughts of this and other people, to give you what? An expected end. An end that is glorious. Jeremiah 1 says, before I come to your mother's womb, I know you. So God knows what he is doing. He is the omnipotent, the know-all and the do-all. He knew that the rescue was there. He knew that the way of the Philistines was nearer than making them go through the Red Sea. He knew what he was doing. But to them it seems that he did not know. Because, I mean, suddenly they saw the Red Sea. Is God taken by surprise? No. Isaiah 55 eight. And so it may not have been what we would have chosen when, we, when things happen our way. When things happen and God chooses for us. Ah, you have said, God, let your will be done. Oh. You have prayed that prayer. Energy, energy. Lord, let your will be done. That is not as I want, but let your will be done. And now when God's will is done, we ask, ah, at least I have to choose. I would just have chosen this too. Do we, do we ever thank him that God, I prayed and you allowed your will to pass? You, I prayed and I called upon you so that your will can prevail. Thank you, Daddy, for this is how you want it to be. Do we ever pray that prayer? No. As I just 55, it says, For your thoughts are not my thoughts, for my thoughts are not yours. Neither your ways, my ways. As the heavens are far from the earth, so are the ways of God far away from us. Amen. Amen. Number two, God leads the way. As long as I child, remember the first one is, God knows what he is doing. Number two, God leads the way. He knows the way. He knows that the way of the Philistines, along the land of, land of Philistines, was quicker and nearer. But the way he wants them to go, so that number one, his glory will be seen. Number two, the enemy will be completely destroyed forever and ever in the name of Pharaoh and of God. Then number three, for them to depend upon him. And number four, for Moses to see that actually God is with him. Number five, the threat of Israel to learn to respect Moses as a leader among them. Number five, to prove to Moses that no whatever I call you, I'm always with you. I will not leave with you or abandon you. And to know that there is no one that has created number six, that I cannot punish or do whatever I want with them. So no matter, as long as you are not created in his image, let us know that he leads our way when we allow him to. Amen. God will not leave us to stand for ourselves, brethren, struggling to find our way. He says, Psalm, no, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will do us direct your path. God will lead the way if you want Him to lead you. He will show you where to go and where not to go. He goes ahead of us. He walks behind us and he guides us away from behind. His word gives truth and life and shows us the way to walk in, the, in this world if we allow him. 
Number three. The Bible says that the heart of the king, Psalm 21 verse 1. Sorry, Proverbs 21 verse 1. Proverbs 21 verse 1. God is able to turn the heart of the king to whichever direction that he wants. The king's heart is in his hand, in the hand of our Lord. The rivers of water, he turns it whithoever he will. If I were to be fair, and I would not be fair, I would not to be fair in Jesus' name, I would not even want to pursue them anymore. Because if you read that story very well, excuse me, earlier on, maybe two or three days before that time, or a day before then, whatever it was, they were crying the loss of their first children. They were crying over the love of their heir. They were crying over the great love that had come, come upon them. Apparently, this Pharaoh we are talking about was not the first one of his father. If he was the first one, he would have died. Do you understand? So, you see, he, he, he is so, so dumb and stupid to want to pursue them. And because God wanted to put a permanent end to Pharaoh, that particular Pharaoh in the land of Genesis, he turned his heart to do what? To pursue them. He made his heart was strong, stubborn. For he had a choice. He did not want to follow God. God made, the Bible says, and I will Exodus 14 4. And I will have in Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. He had in the heart of Pharaoh. In other words, no matter what thou receives, the person that is responsible, or that is going to be a fire or a match in that receive, the struggle is already settled. The person through with whom God is going to perfect the victory, his conscience is not already settled. Amen. Amen. The person that is friendly, that written in your life, his conscience is already what? Settled. If Pharaoh had given them a good life, they would not have turned back and said things against God at the edge of the Red Sea. Amen. Amen. Number four. When we see obstacles, brethren, God sees opportunities to manifest His glory. When we think that we are looking at obstacles, God uses it as an opportunity to magnify Himself in the face of every heathen nation. I repeat, when you are faced with obstacles, see it as a way for God making you bigger than your enemy. See it as a way of God advertising you. See it as a way of God showcasing you to the world that you are his child. Don't think as the rest, don't think of the rest as your grace or your end point. No. It is a step to the next level in your life and in my life. Amen. Amen. They saw it as an obstacle, as a as, as a signal, sorry, as 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 a full stop. See your rest as what? As comma or no. Comma is better, not semicolon. 
Because they have no knowledge. See, see your see as what? As a comma. For you to pause, sit back and see. Exodus 14, 14 says, The Egyptians that you did today, you do all, you will see them no more. At the end of that resting, let that future come quickly to your mind that, okay, now, this is a comma for me, not what? Not a period, not a full stop. When that circles come, see it as an opportunity for God to show forth that He is indeed God in your life. Things may look bleak and dark, but God has a plan. Number five. When those obstacles come, you can either choose to focus on God or choose to trust God. Sorry. When those problems come, you can either choose to focus on the problem or trust on God. And the other to rest in general, ah, what is? They solve their problem. But they refuse to trust God. Moses, you are a bad man. Are there no grace within him for us to be buried in? See, Moses, and I want to see my dancing there. Moses, you are a bad man. No wonder you don't have a wife. You don't put on your wife. You don't have this to be a friend. You are a bad man. No wonder your mother threw you in the water. Why did he fix you then? Moses asked. Oh, I can't believe that I met you, Moses. Moses, ah, your mother was a, ah, she went and said, ah, you could have been a mental period to have been washed away. Moses, ah, Moses. I can imagine what they were saying to Moses. They saw the problem, but they forgot that there is a God in the life of Moses that they can cry to. It's only your pastor that you cry to God on your behalf. Can't you cry to God yourself? Some say that, well, you see, I don't like to go to that church. My pastor does not see vision. And what this thing that's happened to me, my pastor should, my, he should have seen it now. I'm not going to tell him, ah, is your pastor your God? Not in the same way when you get your pastor again. Why you don't look, make you see the problem that in your dream? They forgot about what God has done for them. They saw the problem instead of choosing to trust in God. When we trust in Him, He will not like cast us aside. He said He's not going to put us to shame. We will not be disgraced. We will not be disappointed when we trust in Him. When you trust in Him, He will not leave you and go out to the person that is not trusting in Him. When you trust Him, you are saying that my God is bigger than all the problems. Bigger than everything, my God is bigger and better. I've forgotten that song. But you are saying, Daddy, I trust in you. I am not looking at the size of this river or this problem. I'm rather was trusting in you. You now begin to remember the cucumber and the melon and the ladies and the guys that you are eyeing in Egypt. You don't need to focus and say, God, I know it is difficult. Here right now is, is this problem. I cannot solve it by myself. I choose to trust in you. Because this Red Sea is there in front of me. I cannot, I cannot tell it to dry up. Neither can I go and take a what? Something machine to, to, to take out all the water. But I trust that this river will pass into two for me to go on dry ground. Amen. Amen. Number six, I believe. 
Amen. Are we sleeping? No. Number six. At this point in time, prayer, what should we do? Pray without ceasing. Prayer is vital. Prayer is very, very vital. You have been praying. Have you not been praying before? What kind of prayer have you not prayed? You have prayed standing up. You have prayed lying down. You have prayed facing down. You have prayed kneeling down. You have prayed facing the sun. You have prayed on the mountain. You have gone around all the mountains in the world. Yes. God is telling you. I know you have prayed. But it is time for you to do what? Take a step. What do I mean by that? You have prayed. You have, did you give time God to talk to you? You continue to pray every day. And yet he's telling you, get moving. Take a bold step. Let's go to chapter 14, verse 15. You are still saying, Pastor, what have you seen? Pastor, what did you see? Maybe you have been praying together. What did you see? If Pastor has not seen anything, you too take a bold step. You are praying so that you can pass the examination. Have you gotten the form? Are you studying? Go and register for the exam. And pray to pass. Don't pray without getting the form. You have not even gotten the form. You are saying, Pastor, I must pass. Pastor, pray and tell me, should I go and get the form or not? Ah. Get the form first. That is the first step. And the last step of the Moses. We are for Christ down to me. This is the children of Jesus that they should do what? Go forward. Move. Go get the form. Go register for the exam. While studying, pray and now too. You are taking the bold step. You are looking for a husband. Go choose yourself up. Package yourself very well. Educationally, in the way you talk, in the way you dress, go package yourself. You are making a move. You are not going to sit down at home and say you are looking for a husband. I remember years ago that this lady that lived beside me, very pretty, very, in fact, when you are talking of a home woman, she was a home woman. That sister will be in the house from Monday to Sunday. She may not leave the house. She can be praying and be fasting. She will never leave the house. She was pretty. Going close to almost mid-thirties. No husband. Sister T came out and said, No, 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 no. The Lord has told me that my husband will walk into this house. How is he going to walk into this house? Go out there and meet people. It is possible though, he may just pass in front of you and be looking for, for a direction. And he might ask you, do you know this so and so? It is possible. But the chances are slimmer than you going outside. Believe it sincerely, she met her husband when she went out to get a job. She met a friend on that job who she has been looking for for a long time. And they went out together, if I, believe, if I remember it correctly. And I was like, ah, hey, my somebody, somebody is coming from America. Maybe you, let us go out together and meet something, something. That was how she got hooked to her husband. She repackaged herself. You have waited long enough. Get moving. The rest is not there to terrify you. But it is just for God to prove his might in your life. Amen. Yeah. 
Number seven, God is ready to move powerfully in your life and in my life. But number one thing first, be what? Obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Moses obeyed by following the instruction of God. He raised his staff over the water and the divine so that children of Israel can go on. He could have said, ah, how can I raise this staff and the water will part? Ah, no, Abba, nah, God, save me, tell me another one. But he obeyed. The key to the dividing of the rest in your life might be just pure obedience. Might be you just maybe reading someone, for example, two times and go out there. Might be just you going to seven verses, go out to bed if you have done enough praying, go and sleep. Because you want to tell me something. And whatever is happening in your sleep, you get up and you read and then the obstacle disappears. A lot of us, the way God works is, is different from the way that we work. We think that because of the way that it is for Sister A is the way going to do it for you. No! In the past, Moses, with that same rod, what did he do? He stood the God on the ground and he became a snake. But this time God said, God said, just stretch the rod. Not touch, stretch the rod over the water. And he parted into two. Uh, and I thought, during our Saturday program, no, before, I think it was one day last week as I was preparing for the Saturday program, God was explaining to me that, do I know that there's a difference between the wall of Jericho and the Red Sea? Both of them are obstacles. But the way God brought them down differ. The Red Sea did what? He parted into two. And he came back again. Because that is what it's supposed to be. It is, it is supposed to be flowing, not stagnant. But the one of Jericho had to go down. Instead of what he said to do was to cross over it into the land of promise. So, in other words, the way that God dealt with the previous problem may not be the way he's going to deal with this one right now. But you just do what? Obey. Follow him. Trust and obey. When you trust him, all will be well. Number eight. God will send help. When he sends help, you have to recognize that help. Moses was able to recognize that God did not follow, he did not give him further instructions. He just said, stretch your rod over that water. And he did. He did not tell it that when you do that, and when Pharaoh comes, I'm going to kill him. Stretch your rod over the water. And he did. Just obey. God, when he's ready to stand for you, he'll stand between you and your enemy. So that when they are striking you, they will not hit you. Somebody said, the only person that can harm me is the person that will harm Jesus. Because right now, I'm inside of Jesus Christ. That is God for you. He will be between you and your enemy. The enemy will not be able to come near you. Because where? Where is God? In front of you. The enemy is there. You are here. Who is between you? God! And he cannot fight God. It must have been a wonder. And I'm almost too certain that some of them are going to have better. You want Moses to kill you? I mean, I'm not going to enter that water. I will not enter. I will not enter. I will not enter. Probably until they saw that people that entered, they were not drowned by the water. When God says, I will stand between you and that enemy, take him for his word that he's going to do it. He will make you and I untouchable. Amen. Amen. Lastly, our God is a God of miracles.
God will do it again and again. If only you allow him. So those nine points are the points we are going to be elaborating upon as we study this Red Sea. And you are going to pick the one that you have not been believing God on and for. Have you allowed him to lead you all the way? Are you obedient? Am I obedient? Are we looking at the problems and not looking at God? Are we choosing for God? Are you focusing on the problem and focusing on our ability? Remember now, Moses did not focus on his ability. He focused on who? On God. We are asked, the children of Israel, focus on their ability to be able to cross the Red Sea or not. They focus on their probably not being able to swim across the Red Sea. See? They focus on how they are going to cross with their own power and strength, cross that Red Sea without depending on God. You are going to stand to your feet. You are going to say, Father, in any way that I have trusted in my own power to be able to pass the Red Sea, today forgive me, shall we pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in any way that I have trusted in my own ability to swim across that Red Sea, Father, forgive me in the mighty name of Jesus. When I get to the end of the Red Sea, or when I go there and I have badmouthed you, Lord, and I have spoken ill about you, I have not trusted in you, I have not remembered your previous miracles, I have not remembered how big you are, oh Lord, please forgive me in the name of Jesus. At the end of the Red Sea, I have focused upon the size of the Red Sea, and I have forgotten how big that, how big you are. Oh Father, today forgive me in the name of Jesus. When I got to the end of the Red Sea, and I did not remember that you can do it more than ever before, and I was thinking that my 